0: This, is, this the is the Legs, legs and, eggs and Eggs podcast starring Fupa Jones, Jones Heather, Heather Clemstone, Clemstone, and Sarah, Sarah the Do
1: I sound as stuffy as I feel? Because I feel like I sound like a dead person.
2: I know what you mean, dude, do I as well? Because I've been like sneezing and blowing shit out of my face
3: for like days. No, you sound all right to me. Do I have audio? Can you hear me? I didn't want to interrupt. I figured you were like doing it through like a little phase or whatever it was like. I feel like I was interrupting a private chat.
4: No, you gotta interrupt.
3: No,
1: we're just being assholes and trying to figure out if we can hear each other.
3: Even if you can't hear one another, you're still going to talk like you have. Yeah, exactly. So what is, I mean, is this sort of like just free flow? Pretty much, yeah.
2: Just talk about whatever the, whatever you want.
3: I'm pretty high right now.
1: I feel like I sound like death, so I, I feel weird.
3: Well, I heard not because I don't really want to know what death sounds like. I think it sounds like... Uh... I would think it'd sound more sinister, like, this is it, bud, you're out.
1: Yeah, I got to work on that. If I'm dead.
3: I want to see the whole the whole cosplay now. I mean, I want to see the suit. I want to see you in the robe. I want the black face. I just want it all as death <laughs> should be. I have a black cat mask.
1: Does that work with like a
3: good? Now we're getting into kink, which is fine. I don't shame anyone, but it's, you know, it's <laughs> taking a little to whatever you desire it to be. Yes, death is different for everyone. How we got on the subject, we don't know. <laughs> I, I just imagine it being the same, except without pain. I i mean, I was raised, I'll be quite honest, Catholic. It sort of burns you out, to be quite honest. I, I mean, I still have a moral code, I guess you'd say, whatever you want to say. But, you know, I don't think you need to be going to a church. It's, it's a moral compass, which is inside you. If You have to be told, if you don't do this, you're going to burn in hell. Really? That's the only motivation? Well, I'm not going to kill you because I'll go to hell?
2: Don't you think that that's a form of child abuse, like to program children with that kind of in a way like, you know, you can't masturbate or else you're going to holler and you got hairy palms and you fucking go blind, you know?
3: So, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I get exactly that. But remember, this is all very cultural. Every culture has it. You have to shame your next generation to sort of bend to certain rules. Otherwise, you wouldn't get what you wanted. Let's be honest here. All cultures do it. You know, some of that I get. And some of that I understand. But there are levels, as you say, of abuse. How much is that it's considered abuse or not abuse? And every culture will redefine what that level is. And we're going through a trial right now because you've got two different political sides. They're viewing it different ways, extreme ways. So yes, yeah. But back onto something more pleasant.
5: Pegging was popularized due to the sex education movie, Bend Over Boyfriend, released in 1998. After it became the winning entry in a contest for the Savage Love Sex Advice column held by Dan Savage in 2001, upon observing that except for the phrase, strap on sex, used by Queen and her partner Robert in their national lecture series, Robert was the original bend-over boyfriend at the Good Vibration Lecture. The concept lacked a common name and there was no dictionary entry for the act. Other words include buggery or sodomy, but these refer to anal sex in general. Strap-on sex can be used for vaginal or anal intercourse between people of any gender using a strap-on and is thus less precise than pegging. Some queer people prefer strap-on sex instead of pegging because they feel the latter is too hetero and cis-centric. Beckett and Miller use pegger and peggy to refer to the person penetrating and the person being penetrated. Top and bottom are also used.
6: Um, yeah, so I'm Gallo. Uh I am the host of the podcast called Susias Are My Favorite. Uh, Susias is a Chicano Tex-Mex slang term for dirty, naughty girl, woman. And the podcast is basically life, dating, and relationship advice with a kink twist, but not as kinky you might think. It's more of uh, having the conversations that kinksters have before you get into bed and do anything kinky. Um, and trying to get people to understand if you, if everyone worked that way, instead of the way the vanilla way of, well, oh, let's just assume things uh, you'd have a better relationship overall.
4: So it's about setting your boundaries beforehand.
6: Some of it is that but a lot of it is um, also helping guys just have the confidence to ask girls out on dates or just talk to girls because, you know, there's a, a weird thing with millennials that they just don't know how to talk to women or they get some of that toxic masculinity and, uh, just think, oh, this is the way I'm supposed to do things and, you know, just go all crazy with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, conversations probably like one of the key ingredients to any type of relationship. And a lot of men are really poor at doing that. Or at least being honest with themselves enough to be honest with you about how they feel about certain things.
6: Well, that's like the the next level thing. The, the original or the first part is just them having the confidence to talk to a girl or realize a girl's flirting with them and not knowing how to see that or read it or misreading body language like oh i'm not interested in you please leave because another thing is you know understanding that women you know if you come on too strong or come off too strong with your no leave me alone then you piss off the guy and have run the risk of him following you around and being an asshole in some type of physical violence but if you come off too soft with the, oh no no i have a boyfriend no 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 then they take it as a cue to keep going until you do that forceful no. So it's, you know, you, you, you ladies have a hard time either way. You know, you can't win for losing. So it's trying to get guys to realize, hey, there's more than one thing going on here.
4: I mean, I'm just going to tell you my experience from when I, before I was married is, and I find that what works really well in getting guys to back off is to just flip the script and sexually harass them.
6: Yeah, <laughs> it does work. Oh no! I it does. I um I've done that too. So I've been on like blind dates, and to not hurt my friend's feeling that set us up, I come on too strong to get the girl to come off because it's been a couple of situations where I can't tell her no because my presumption or the presumption of me is that I'm uber sexual. Because if this were video, you could see that I kind of have like a bad boy just look. Period. In a sentence, like I just come off that way. I look that way. I can't change it so most of the time women assume oh yeah he's he's dtf and see me as a sex object or a sex toy that they can use to you know get over their rut their dry spell or whatever and you know sometimes i just don't jive with the woman and like yeah you know what i'm not into this but i can't tell her no because she doesn't believe me or she thinks i'm playing hard to get so then i got to come off too strong or too kinky or too wild for her to say oh no 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 that's this is too much for me
2: I I had similar experiences, actually, like, because, yeah, like, I'm a fucking tattooed woman. So, like, automatically you must be easy. you. And because I got a big rack, people assume that that's what I'm looking for. And it's like, no, I just have huge boobs and I can't really cover that.
4: Me and Sarah have fucking huge fucking titties. People just treat us like, you know, we're sluts. Like, oh, you must be easy because why do you have those boobs? I'm like, because they fucking grew. Shut the fuck up.
3: I mean, actually, most of the guys I have here, I would say 90% are regulars. Well, it takes a while for a guy to get comfortable come over here. Sometimes to do it right away. Sometimes it might take five times. They're either... They're still questioning their sexuality. They could be fluid or they could be straight and just like, oh my God. Like I've got got a couple of straight guys that are like, oh my God. Every time I feel like I'm talking down from the cliff, it's like, okay, yes, you're welcome to come over here. No, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm never texting you, you know. You do what you wanna do. Yes, everything's cool. My thing is, you know what? I'm not here to harass or talk. I will never text anyone back, you know. Come if you come and if you don't, you don't. That's why I like a glory help the house, man. It's just, I can still do my, you know, my own stuff. And it's cleaner. It's a metal frame with a sheet over it and it's cut in the center and it's done with a zebra print. And so it's on wheels. So I roll it out, you know, so it's at the front door whenever I want it and I wheel it back (laughs) when I don't. I thought I should maybe make, Maybe do some like prototypes of having you know collapsible glory holes, and you can take it on your trips. You know.
1: Yeah. Did you like get
3: that custom made? Did you make that yourself? Like- well, you know, it's just a jury rig thing, but yes, it's a jury rig. I took uh, basically I took the idea of you know how you have those um, luggage racks and they're on wheels, and so but they're metal frame, but there's no shelves or anything. It's all open in the center. You can kneel right there if you want to. And in fact, you could even put a bench there if you wanted to pad it. You know, when I get older, maybe that's why I need to have a padded bench for you nail know, <laughs> on. Or we'll think, I'll think of merch awesome. more. You know,
4: should fucking sell this. Yeah, these would sell. It would be a niche market, but it would yeah. Yeah, you should sell these. I might buy one just to say I have one.
5: A blue whale's fart bubble is large enough to enclose a horse. #Hashtag Facts. <laughs>
3: America was targeted for attack because we're the brightest beacon for freedom. Got some
1: pilots getting trained right here in Saudi Arabia. Blowing up buildings with their plane. They're coming to America
2: what clued you into knowing that you were a sex addict in the first
6: place? So it wasn't even a clue. It was more of just kind of a slap in the face. After I got divorced from my first wife, I just, you know, got to be more of a slut than I wanted to be. And I eventually made friends with a girl that I met on a a dating app. It was rare for me to have female friends. I was always friendly with women's or girls in general, like in high school, I was always that guy that was friends with the cheerleaders, friends with the drill squad, and not because I was trying to hook up with them, but because I wanted access to their friends. Because I realized early on that it was easy to manipulate and use people. Yeah, if they saw they were doing me a favor being friendly versus using them directly so it was kind of like using the friend of a friend to hook up right so anyways uh i made friends with this one girl that i met and she had a problem standing up for herself so she was going to what's called celebrate recovery it's a christian-based uh addiction type thing so it's imagine like aasa all the AAs rolled into one but in a church and it's kind of sponsored by the church versus just kind of using a room at the church, right? Oh, Um, hell no. So, but it's But it's not so much like, oh, you need to come to Christ. It's more of just like a more of a Christ or Christian method message with it. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to attend that church to go because almost every different denomination has one for every day of the week. It was just that it's more Christian based versus just the other ones like AA saying, oh, if you believe in your higher power, we're here, they would actually say, you know, believe in God or whatever. So it was a a big group meeting and it would always be like some type of message or some type of a Bible verse. And then you'd break down into the smaller groups, which whatever your addiction is, whether it's uh, sex, drugs, alcohol, codependency, food addiction, all those other things. She had a problem with saying no. So at the end of the night, instead of leaving when everything was done, she'd get roped into cleaning up and, you know, staying there till almost 11 o'clock at night. So I was her excuse to leave on time. And what else am I going to do but just go to one of these little classes? And it's not like I could—I'm going to fake being an alcoholic or anything else. I was like, oh well, I could fake being a sex addict. And all the guys in there were complaining about either having issues with porn or issues with uh, sex workers. I was like, oh yeah, I—I I, I got a problem with porn. Was what I would tell them or say in there. I was just, you know, playing along or playing a role. And one day, this guy who was talking about his or giving his testimony about his drug addiction, and you know, basically every excuse or every reason he gave. I was hearing the same things that I was using sex for because I had a bad day, because I was feeling lonely, because I needed to pick me up. Essentially, I didn't know how to deal with my feelings. And the only way I could do something to make myself feel good was to go and go out and pick up a girl and hook up with her, realizing that was kind of scary because sex addicts was just this made up celebrity thing. You know, that was just kind of like a celebrity excuse for <laughs> cheating is what I thought.
4: I'm sorry. It's funny, but I, I, it's just funny.
6: Yeah, no, I, I get it. It is. I mean, it, it's kind of intended to to be a little funny because that, that really was the way I saw it is like, Oh yeah, this is some made up bullshit. <laughs>
2: yeah.
6: Oh yeah. So anyways, yeah, that's how I realized or came to the realization that, Oh, Hey, I'm a sex addict or intercourse addict.
5: A husband pinches his wife's ass and says, do you know if you firm this up, you could get rid of your girdle? The wife, annoyed, decided to bite her tongue and say nothing. Later that night in bed, the husband squeezed her tits and said, do you know if you firm these up, you could get rid of your bra? Absolutely fuming, the wife reached over and grabbed his dick and said, "Well, do you know if you firm this up, we could get rid of the gardener, the milkman, and your fucking brother?"
3: I'm a, I'm just a, such a slut, and I love it, and I have no, and I have no shame for. There, it. there shouldn't I enjoy be. Sex. I, I probably have a little bit of a sexual addiction, but I guess I, I blame that on my Roman Catholic uh, church upbringings and being Irish Catholic. And, and, you know, the whole thing was like, oh my God, don't have sex. And oh my God, how can you masturbate? So it's sort of like, it flipped the switch on the other side for me.
4: Yeah. You would, you would go into your teenage and young adult years, incredibly horny after that.
3: And then to finally evolve from that to my early twenties, where I was gay, did I want to realize it or not? And then when I finally did, that was like turning on a Roman candle. I remember the first time I really embraced being gay, I went to an adult bookstore. And oh my God, I was at this bookstore for six, seven hours. And I think I sucked off being guys. I'm certain they were terrible blowjobs because this is like, I'm just learning, so. I'm sorry they were teethy. I'm sure they were whatever. But that age, let's be honest here, it's two minutes and they're done.
5: Witch hair. On women, a fast growing, long, single strand of hair that grows out of your face or chest. Crypto power bottom. Someone who is bullish bought high and always sells low and repeats the babble that some crypto bros and scam artists talk about. Someone who gets fucked in the ass without any of the benefit of sex because, you know, you're just participating in a digital Ponzi scheme. Sasshole. Combination of the word sassy and asshole. A person of great sarcastic wit with the only thing keeping them from being a complete and utter asshole is their intentional comedic sass. I am low-key, literally, dead-ass dead. This phrase is typically used to express shock or surprise. While originally it was generally used by people from the greater Boston area, it has since spread across the Eastern United States, making it as far south as Central Florida. This phrase is not to be confused with, I cannot, uh aha, oh my God. While similar in use cases, I am low key, literally dead ass dead is used in instances where humor may or may not be present while I cannot, uh aha. Oh my God. is typically used in a comedy setting.
4: Is it unethical to attend a no loads refused pimped out cum dump? If the bottom has you blocked on Twitter, even though you've never talked to them and you have no idea why.
6: I would say it is unethical to attend if you've been blocked. Although by definition, if the title is no loads um, refuse, then it's kind of like any and everyone. So if you happen to be blocked, then you might've been accidentally blocked. Who knows? And then they don't care. They haven't bothered to look. Ah, man, that's, that's a funny question. Ethical or non-ethical. Actually, I don't think it is. Wait. Is but it they unethical?
2: refused a load
6: No, it is not unethical uh, Because they're not refusing loads And of course, you're not going to tell them Oh, hey, I'm the guy you blocked on Twitter So as long as you don't mention that you're the person That you're blocked on Twitter, I think it is not unethical
4: Yeah, you're like If you're not like, hey, I'm Stalin Dump 69 You know, he doesn't know that's all I'm
5: saying. No loads refused. And the fact that you've memorized that makes me so proud of you.
3: <laughs>
5: Talk
1: to Gordon Lightfoot, and this is what he said. He said legs and eggs. Love to your They tell me that feels really great and die 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 my darling they sang to the kennedys and they just sing lullabies back to you and me
5: The average speed of sperm traveling during ejaculation can be as much as 28 miles per hour. Hashtag sex.
3: There was some famous sex therapist, and they stated that men and women view sex differently. A woman's gonna look at sex as going out to a really nice restaurant, you know, almost like a theater form, like you're there for two hours, you got got great mood, you got music, you're just really getting to it. You have an emotional connection you're attaching to it, okay? Next. Man is like going to a fast food restaurant, like going to McDonald's. That connection of going to what the woman wants, there can be a disconnect. And I have a lot of straight guys, and they'll just say, you know what? I just want some sex, and I just want to relax, and I just want to whatever. And so glory holes are great because they're anonymous, They've changed a lot with the internet. Used to be, you're right, the old form of Glorials is what people still, I'm certain, think of, and that is they're on the, you know, some sort of state highway rest stop, or, you know, they're in some bathroom, or, you know, you go to an adult bookstore. Well, if you'll notice, there aren't a lot of rest stops anymore because of all the gas stations. Most of the state rest stops, you might have one every 100 miles you're not going to have those scuzzy little dirty places as easy to find. And they might be, you know, you might have police presence. And if you go to adult bookstores, which have gotten a lot less, there used to be tons of them. The thing with glory holes, more so in those sex clubs, they clean up a little bit, but you've been to theaters where your feet stick when you're walking across the floor, that can mean a glory hole. And that's not a fun experience, which means they don't exactly keep it. So we say pristine clean. So because of the internet, things are becoming more online presence. So people will like connect through, um, you have different apps, you've got the grinder, the snuff. So, you know, the, all the different ones out there. And you also have internet, you have some you know, websites you can go to as well. And so it's more private. So I've had like a gourd hole in my house for 20 years. And I love Whoa. it. It's like, it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. You know, I don't have to worry about it if it's rainy or it's cold or it's hot or whatever
1: Get the rising crust
3: It's always right It's always rising crust sometimes it's it's it is even meat stuff crust it's hard to oh. tell. it depends you never know It's like gore <laughs> Hills like a box of chocolates Is it
1: ever literally a box of chocolates though like you open your mouth and it's actually chocolates It totally fucks with you.
6: These are the adventures of the
1: Serial Couch Fucker.
2: One day after school, a boy named Felix returns home to find a stack of magazines and junk mail. In the stack of magazines appears a Sears catalog. Felix opens the catalog to the bra section and gets excited. Uh. Moaning and unzips his cargo pants. He puts the catalog in front of him and begins thrusting himself between his parents' couch cushions. Felix busts a nut. Oh no! What am I going to do?! Felix's parents arrive home and he flails around trying to hide the evidence. Hi Felix, how was school? Ah, I didn't do it! Felix runs upstairs to his room, scared and embarrassed. Felix's dad sits on the couch and reads the paper. When he gets up, Felix's mom notices a white milky substance on the back of his pants. Robert, what's on your pants? Did you have an accident?
1: What are you talking about, Patricia?
2: Well, I know I was playing with you in the car. I think you got some on you. Upon further inspection, Robert realizes his couch has been fucked and it's covered in jizz, right in the spot he usually
0: sits in. Felix!
5: Pegging is a penetrative sex with a strap-on dildo, usually anal penetration. It is usually defined as a heterosexual practice in which a woman penetrates the anus of a man. This definition of pegging is very centered around cisgender and heterocentric identities. However, anyone can be penetrated anally regardless of their genitals or gender. The person penetrating their partner uses a strap-on dildo, often a silicone phallus, attached with a harness or strapless, a dildo that also penetrates the pegger. Lubricant is also used. According to Tristan Tarmino, gender and gender roles play an important part in pegging. Pegging reverses traditional cisgender heterosexual gender rules and sexual practices. The man is penetrated by the woman, becoming passive rather than active.
2: The reality is, is what I've heard from every Bible banger I've ever met was that the Old Testament shouldn't matter anymore because Jesus was crucified. So technically, you're forgiven for all of those things prior. So those shouldn't even count.
3: Well, you can even get further if you want to in terms of how they take passages out of the Bible. The Bible has been reinterpreted so many times that we don't know if we have the right translations or not still. So people fight over an and or an or still to this day. And let's be honest here. It was written by men like how many hundreds, if not thousands of years after, you know, Jesus' death. And it's like, Okay, so it could have a slight, you know, um,
2: blurriness to it. Well, there's also the fact that they took it. It's like the same exact story from the Egyptians, except like the characters are changed.
3: Okay, look at Christianity. You know, why do we have Christmas and Jesus' birthday on the 25th? You know, it was another pagan religion that had at that time. It was the Druids with the trees. And so they were trying to combine them. So they didn't know when Jesus was born. So they make up a time for it. Here you go. It's this day. Well,
2: according to like when they match things up, Jesus should have been born in um, April, I think.
3: Religions are a strange culture for me because they're, I think, the thing that holds back humanity a lot. I'm a little bit more uh, agnostic. I believe that you don't have to have a God that is all seeing and all knowing and he's going to do, you know, he's looking over you. I think it's more of a, the universe as a whole has a concept and a way of being, that does not mean it has to be conscious thought right at you. Like there was one pastor said, you know, if God is not in control, who is? Yeah, you. And if
2: you're going with the flow of things, you don't need to control anything anyway, but it is what it
3: is. We all have a certain control in us. I mean, I'm a little bit of a control. I've just gotten as older as to realize, you know what? There's a lot of things I have no fucking control over. Do I want to get stressed out over it? I just want to say, okay, it is what it is. I know that sounds defeatism, but you have to realize what you can and what you cannot do. Absolutely. And I
2: think that like differs with each individual too. So it's like people should just like respect others, I guess, where they're at. You know what
3: I mean? I think it takes time to to learn that. Some people are faster than others. Let me put it this way. For me, it's taken time. Other people might grasp it a lot faster. Karma is there, and you treat people how you want to be treated. And if you do those sort of things, hopefully you'll get by okay. I mean, can I be an asshole at times? Yes. Should I be? No. But I am an asshole at times. You try to balance it out. That's being a human being. We all are, shall we say, a mixture of things. And hopefully the good outweighs the bad.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think like what makes you a good person isn't living life flawlessly without ever hurting anyone.
3: Oh, hell no.
2: You know, (laughs) I mean, that's an unrealistic expectation to place
5: on any fucking human being. Dick Cheney walks into the Oval Office and sees the president whooping and hollering What's the matter, Mr. President, the vice president inquired. Nothing at all, boss. I just done finished a jigsaw puzzle in record time, the president beamed. How long did it take you? Well, the box said three to five years, but I did it in a month.
6: For your listeners who haven't heard any episodes, I am a reformed or former intercourse addict. So back from like 97 through 2012, I was just a man whore, like in any, any man would want to be, or most men think they want to be, you know, an average month for me is most men's lifetime body count number. So it wasn't, and it's not like a bragging point. It's just more of just a baseline of who I am and where I was at, because I took advantage of the fact that I have kind of, you know, like that, that bad boy look realizing that I was an intercourse addict and, and going through all this other stuff and figuring out who I am, going through therapy and becoming or trying to be a better person. Uh, when my wife passed away, you know, I fell into to bad habits again and started you know, hooking up and sleeping with women. But I realized that in general, it was easy for me to get laid, not because I'm great, not because I'm good looking, but because most women don't get what I can do, what I can provide. and not not sexually, but just the attention and the reading the body language and reading the moment, whether or not they're just interested in a relationship or interested in just something dirty and crazy and raw in the back alley because everybody has different moods. And women, you know, are just as sexual as men, but you have to be quiet about it, otherwise you're going to be labeled as sluts. So then you have to, it's again, with that fine line of navigating things, you can't just be, tell a guy no quietly or firmly because you run the risk of one thing or another. And the same way with the way you operate sexually is if too many people know, then you're a slut. If nobody knows, then you're not going to get what you want.
2: I feel like I've had circumstances where you say no and you get called a slut anyway. So I feel like you should do what the fuck you want regardless and not care about what people think about you.
4: There is a stigma for for women and it's going away. The younger girls aren't putting up with it as much and I'm, I'm happy for them. When I was young, like slut shaming was like, it didn't even have a name, you just did it. But I w- when I was in high school, They had just really started using the term date rape and half of the male teachers said it with a smirk and a smile like it wasn't fucking real, you know? So like, that's one of the things is like, I'm from a different
5: generation. And as a young girl, I slut shamed bad, but we were calling girls sluts that didn't even have sex. They were still virgins. We were like 12. Oh, you're a slut because you go on dates. It was like normal to do it.
1: Hunter Biden, no fap. How oh, do you think that lasts? 40 minutes? Woo!
2: I don't like to be treated like a fragile, delicate little person. Like, I'm like, fucking throw me around and fuck oh, hell me
3: yeah! already. Show me some love, baby. Yes, yes. I mean, I feel because I am the, the guy sucking off the person, I'm the one in power. And the reason why I look this way is like I get so goddamn off on getting the other person off. You I mean the, the French call it the little death for that very reason, the petite mort that because it's it's so it's a just a powerful thing and like you wanna be. The guy comes over, most part all he's doing is he's fucking my throat and I can handle it. You know, I get stoned, wide open, boom, use a little, you know, mucinex uh, extra strength, sore throat. For the first five minutes, it numbs your throat, and then you're good to go. Boom. I'm going to have to try that. See, there you go. Cherry flavor, baby. It has, I think, 10% benzocaine.
5: Russia didn't consider beer to be alcohol until 2011. It was previously classified as a soft drink. Hashtag facts.
1: How's House They told me in 1990-something Magic had all of the days But now it
6: doesn't, and doesn't make sense Once you have kids, you have fucking kids for life Pick me where I should
5: Margarita Toe a sexual act in which one lathers their lover's big toe in saliva. Then they proceed to sprinkle salt on the big toe so that the salt sticks. Next, one squeezes a lime in their mouth and starts sucking on the salty, yummy big toe. This is a margarita toe. Dickfish, the act of sending a false dick pic that is bigger and less ugly than your own, with the goal of impressing a girl and hoping she doesn't notice the difference. Dog blocking Dog blocking is when a girl's fucking dog prevents you from getting laid by lying between you and her in bed. Dog blocking may include the dog doing anything that kills the mood and draws the girl's attention away from you and your penis. For example, getting sick, needing a walk, or just being cute. Dirty Heisman A certain posture one undertakes when trying to visualize one's anal region in a wall-mounted mirror. One arm outstretched for balance, the other spreading one butt cheek from behind, with one leg drawn up slightly to facilitate said exposure of the anus. This posture is disturbingly similar to the football player's pose on the famous American Football Heisman Trophy. Tuna hours. When a Pisces gets rejected, putting them in an hours, often followed up by drinking Paps Blue Ribbon and listening to Guns N' Roses.
2: How do you determine what a sexual, like a, a healthy sexual appetite is? Because some people just have like a higher sex drive and need it more frequently.
6: In my 20s, 12 hours was a dry spell it was ridiculous for me to not have sex when I woke up and before I went to sleep. Like that was just like, why would I do that? That's wrong. When I got married to my first wife, I told her we're having sex. I'm getting, I'm getting late every day of the week. If you want to be a part of it, that's up to you, but I'm getting late every day of the week. And she thought, Oh, ha ha, you're being funny. But I did cheat on her left and right. And eventually that's why she left me for me as a intercourse addict. My excuse, it wasn't just, it was just any excuse to get it in. It wasn't really that I cared about the person or wanted anything. In my sobriety or being a reformed intercourse addict, the way I deal with sex now is, I don't pursue sex just to feel good or just to have to mask any feelings. I use sex now as a part of developing a further relationship with someone. Okay. And it's not a monogamous relationship that I look for because I know that I'm not the type to be monogamous with one person. What I got used to with my wife that passed away we practice ethical non-monogamy, which is essentially hall passes, right? Why would I want to go back to monogamy with just one person when I know that type of relationship exists and I can manage that relationship?
2: I think it's good in the sense that you're honest because that's what I'm saying. You're not lying to yourself anymore. Like you're just honest about, this is what I want. This is what I'm used to. This is why I can't and won't do monogamy. Whereas most other men will not express that to women that are looking for a monogamous
6: relationship. Women will respond more to honesty that way. Sure. Some of them, some of them, they'll, they'll get their feelings hurt. Like I've had conversations with women that they think that I'm seeing some other one, someone else, or not sure. Are they trying to find out? And they go, so what are we, or what's going on? And I was like, do you really want to know? I I clarify, Hey, that is a dangerous question. I will always be honest with you, but be aware my honesty you know, it, it comes at a price. You're, you're, you run a great risk asking dangerous questions. And of the course, they keep pressing and pressing. And if I tell them, yeah, I am seeing and or sleeping with this many other women. But they don't realize it or don't feel it because whenever we're having our conversations, whenever we're doing text messaging, I never make the mistake. Uh, if I'm talking to Sarah, oh, hey, Betsy, how's your day going? Never do I make the mistake of calling them by the wrong name because I pay attention, okay, I'm talking to so-and-so, I'm focused on this person, this is who I'm going to text this afternoon because it's not just for sex, it's it's still kind of like a relationship. None of the women I see or talk to realize that I'm talking to other women because they're getting the attention that they want from me that they're looking for. You know, when I tell them, hey, I am seeing other people, this is the type of relationship I'm looking for, you know, some of them are okay with it, some of them are not, and so then I stop seeing them or they stop seeing me rather. Uh, with others, they keep wanting to see me because they know that I'm going to be able to give them the attention that they want, like they would have in a normal relationship, just not as frequently. And they still would rather have that, have my honesty, because I still live up to or prefer traditional gender roles. She takes care of the house. I take care of everything else. And sometimes when I come over, we don't even have sex. I'm coming over and I'm installing things or building things or putting things together for them that they don't have the time to or don't want to deal with. And so it's still very much like a relationship, but just a relationship with multiple women until I have or find a primary.
2: No, that sounds like legit honest. Like I, I fucking have dealt with people that probably either had a sex addiction or everything that you described. So I'm like, oh, this is fascinating because I'm upfront and honest about saying what I want. I'm just very cut to the chase. Like, yeah, I just never get that back. So I don't know if it's because they're intimidated or they just don't want to be honest or they just want what they want from me and don't feel like they need to explain anything.
3: I have a candy thing of chocolates right by the glory hole. For them to take, if they want, for energy on the way, <laughs> Yeah. World. They take it, man. It's like, hey, thanks. Hey. I recommend the edible anise. And where did you find these? See, this is the thing. You could put this, you could make a little side hustle, and you have a little link to all these places that you can buy the stuff that you're talking about and get your little cut from it, you know?
4: Yeah, we should do that. We could, because we could plug the shit out of these products. Like, right now, how I have to plug the subreddit R. Slash Glory Hole locations. It's the best place on Reddit to find a glory hole. Hey, I'm on it.
5: On May first, nineteen twenty, the Major League Baseball record for the most innings was played by the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Boston Braves. It went twenty six innings and ended in a tie due to darkness. Hashtag facts.
1: I got a white cloth surge, baby. Let's fucking go.
3: Pokemon, go to the polls! Please do not bend over, because your ass crack smells like eggs.
0: Don't tell me what I'd like to hear. A little big dick, have no fear. Coming up behind you, enter in the back. Big vicious dick, hanging sack. What I've got for you, heart attack ensue. Sitting on the toilet, I let my nuts hang. Balls in the water, call me Larry King. Wear suspenders, hold up the ding Everyone's in shock, better open wide. Speedboxing your tonsils, astro glide. Come inside, so much fun. Thinking of you, thumb in the buns. No other love, like gold bond. Keeping my notes fresh when I spray it on.
3: I have a friend. I think he just turned 83. But he goes up with the other two guys to a place called the River's Edge. And this is like in bumfuck Georgia somewhere. And it is a gay campsite. And they have an RV up there. And they have a a gory hole shed. And they have a hot tub and a restaurant. And it's acres. And you can walk around naked. They have golf carts to do the stuff. You know, people pitch tents. And it's very Fellini-like he was getting old. So he got himself one of those gardener little benches so he could kneel down in the glory hole at night and not hurt his knees. Hey, good for you. You know, you, you know you've been innovative. You're not going to stop what you're going to do. And you're going to continue living life to the fullest. And, and, and the thing that is, he is actually a unicorn for some guys because he wears dentures, which means I've had actually one of my straight guys want to have him blow them and and, and this guy says, no, he's too big for me anymore. I can't handle that anymore. I can't do that size. I said, that's fine. No problem. But he wanted to be gummed by by this guy. Like I said, we all have our kinks. We all have our things. And that's fine. My thing is, you know, and it's taken me a while to get into the, my skin. I actually enjoy being gay. I would not want to be any other thing but gay. Because I really feel in one sense, being gay, you can sort of be a little bit more open about sex to some extent. I think in the straight community it becomes a little bit more, I hate to use the word, but I think it's a little bit more limited. I think there's a wider range and I just enjoy the the sexuality with the guy because you become you can become animalistic, you can be, you know, a little wild. And whereas with a woman sometimes I felt like I had to be a little bit not quite as forceful, you know? Whereas a guy, I mean, literally, you can go from zero to 60, you know, in like two-minute bump. I prefer for a (laughs) personally. Girl, you're my type. Same here.
5: A two-headed dolphin was found in Western Turkey in 2014. Hashtag facts.
2: they're creating an illusion of their mind of someone that you're not
6: i don't think it's it's so much an illusion i think they build upon what i give them because The way I I move or behave in a relationship, I am the traditional gentleman. I walk on the traffic side of the road. I pull out chairs. I stand up when she stands up. I lead her when I'm walking. Uh, I usually put my hand kind of like at the base of her neck and kind of lead her that way. So if I need her to stop, I'll just kind of pull back a little bit. If I need her to turn, I'll just uh, put pressure on my palm one way or another to make her to turn the direction I want her to. So it's very because I'm also very into the uh, dom sub relationship type stuff. The way I operate is I'm very dominant. Like you're going to do what I say. Now, if you don't like something, let me know and we won't do it. But for the most part, I run the household. I run how we're going to do things. And so women love that in general, not all, but the ones that I hook up with or deal with. But they build up more on it or have an idea. Oh, you know, maybe he's just saying this to testing me, or maybe he's just saying this because almost in everything, the way I move and the way I behave and the way I operate, it seems like I am that traditional monogamous guy. I was just saying that to kind of filter out girls or whatever it is they have in their mind, because I never get to have a conversation with the ones that decide to well fuck you because you didn't do Valentine's or Christmas or, you know, whatever it is that they were expecting. So I don't get to have a conversation with them because they just tell me to fuck off or block me or whatever. Um, But I think it's because the way I generally operate, they think I am going to be monogamous or that they are going to be able to lock me in or trick me because you know, I think that they're so phenomenal. And I already know from experience, there is absolutely nothing special about pussy. Most guys are so used to not getting it or they get it so infrequently that they, oh yeah, you know, fucking pussy is the greatest, but no, there's nothing special about it. And I can do a test on all three of you and prove this point. So that way your listeners are like, oh my God, this guy's an asshole, but no. So let me ask you this. Let's just say all three of you've only hooked up with 10 guys in your entire life. Each of those guys, you have had sex 10 times. So for, in your entire life, Hypothetically speaking, you've only had sex 100 times. Out of those times that you've had, how many times did you finish? How many times did you come, climax, bust a nut, whatever. Now there are anom- anomalies and outliers, but for the most part, most women only average between 25 to 50 percent of the time that they come with their partners in their life.
2: I was like I was doing the math and I would have like if it was down to the exact number that you said, which is 10 partners and a hundred times, I would have averaged four.
0: <laughs>
6: so if with those 10 guys, it's not like you had sex with them 10 times <laughs> and all 10 of those guys made you come five times. No, it's. I'm guessing the situation is one or two guys made you come once or twice, three or four, a couple more. But there's only one guy, maybe two guys that made you finish every time or most of the time. I'm that guy that gets women to finish every time that's where I'm able to be that that dominant that commanding in sex because I know I can do that and it's not like oh the girls you know made the coming sounds and they I think this no I know this because I've actually to have conversations with the women that I have relationships with or hook up with The reason for it isn't because I was trying to be good or be their number one, but it was more because I was self-conscious when I first started having sex, There was no way for me to find out when i was a teenager what's the average male size penis i have a football player build so huge thighs even though i have like a cucumber between my legs i have watermelons for thighs so a cucumber doesn't look that impressive between a watermelon so in my mind i always thought i had a small dick so i had to go the extra mile to get girls to come so that's why that mentality kind of started from there when i first started having sex that I have to do all this extra stuff to get these women to finish, because if not, they're never going to want to have sex with me because I have a small dick. If you ask males the same thing about uh, 10 partners, 10 times each, most guys finish about 95% of the time or more, not because there's anything great about pussy, but because we can close our eyes and imagine you're someone else. Women need more physiologically finish to be able to come it's not just the friction that's not going to do it for you you need a partner that's going to be able to read you read your body and read your reactions whether it's pulling your hair talking dirty to you the depth of the stroke the speed of the stroke the external stimulation with nipples or with your clit or whatever but with guys all we really need is wetness and friction and so that's why we can finish most of the time But most guys think, oh, yeah, pussy is fucking the best thing ever. And it's not. There's nothing special about it. So what's important for me is to have a great relationship with the person who's willing to do things that I want in the bedroom. Yeah,
2: exactly.
5: According to Beckett and Miller, 2022, most popular representations of pegging are derogatory, negative, or even amounting to sexual assault. Long before the term was coined as such, the 1970 film, Myra Breckinridge, based on the novel by Gordon Vidal, depicted the first known pegging scene on the screen. The first explicit pegging scene is believed to be the 1976 pornographic film, The Opening of Misty Beethoven. Marquis de Sade describes a pegging act in his 1795 book, Philosophy in the Bedroom. There is a depiction of Pegging in the William S. Burroughs 1959 novel, Naked Lunch. The dildo used in the scene is called a Steely Dan 3 and is the source from which the musical group Steely Dan takes its name. Bend Over Boyfriend 1998 is based on a series of lectures and workshops by Robert Lawrence and Carol Queen. Bend Over Boyfriend originally inspired Dan Savage to call the act B.O.B.ing. But his readers subsequently voted on the winning term pegging. Since the coinage of pegging, it was featured in the TV show Weeds on the episode Crush Girl Love Panic 2006. Here pegging appears to be non-consensual and is played as a joke towards the male character being forced into anal sex. In the episode Knockoffs of the TV series Broad City, Abby Abrams pegs Jeremy Santos on his request. In the 2016 film Deadpool, Wade Wilson is pegged by his girlfriend Vanessa Carlisle on International Women's Day.
1: And that'll wrap it up for this week. If you'd like to send us some dick pics, our email is legsandegspodcast at gmail.com. You can see us on Twitter at pod. And you can check out our merch store. It's linked in our show description. Once again, I'm Fupa Jones. On behalf of everyone here at the Legs and Eggs podcast, we'd like to thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Cubes.